Welcome to Product Voices, a podcast where we share valuable insights and useful resources to help us all be great in product management. Visit the show's website to access the resources discussed on the show, find more information on our fabulous guests, or to submit your product management question to be answered on our special Q&A episodes. That's all at productvoices.com. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Now, here's our host, J.J. Rory, CEO of Great Product Management. Hello, and welcome to Product Voices. So I started my career in product management in software products, in legal software and fintech, and then I even had a digital healthcare startup uh, for a while. Uh, But through the last five or six years of my career, I've worked with some really amazing companies that have made uh, physical products, durable goods. And so it's been really fascinating for me uh, over the course of my career to see the similarities and the differences between solely digital software intangible type products and the physical tangible goods that so many organizations create. So our conversation today in this episode is about how to be successful in durable products. And I frankly think there's going to be something for everyone, whether you work on software products or durable physical products, because I certainly believe and have found that there are things to learn from all corners of product management, regardless of which types of products we work on. But it's going to be really fascinating to speak very specifically about durable products. I think there's a lot of content out there today in product management um, that's about software products and about digital products. And so I'm really thrilled to have a conversation centered around these durable products that are so important in our world. And I'm really excited to have my guest here to share her vast experience in durable product management. As a seasoned engineer who garnered 15 patents under the age of 30 with Ford Motor Company alone, Amber Hall combines consumer behavior expertise and product development knowledge to develop incomparable solutions and eye-opening breakthroughs for the businesses and brands she serves. In addition to her previous work at Ford, she has been in product for Wolverine Worldwide and Whirlpool, and she currently leads the bathroom faucets and accessories product category for Kohler. She's also an adjunct lecturer at Northwestern University. Amber, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. So you've got a really interesting background. You've, you told me one time that you've gone from cars to appliances to footwear to plumbing, which I just love. <laughs> so you've been involved with a lot of great products. Tell me how that path has shaped your views on product management for durable goods. Yeah, it's shaped everything um, from start to finish. And so I began my career in engineering, um, getting all all of the exposure and experience with product development one-on-one in automotive. And I slowly started to find ways to you know, find strategic opportunities to make this thing better, this feature better on the particular vehicle that I was working on. Um, But as I've navigated my career, I realized that I, I wanted to understand who was behind or what group was behind what we made next. And so I started to put together the pieces of the puzzle to build the competencies and the skills associated with product management. So from innovation to um, strategy, and then going back to North, going back to school at Northwestern to get my master's in product management, 
all of which helped kind of fill in the, the, the gaps and experiences that led me to an actual product management role. But what I find fascinating about each one of those experiences is no matter the industry, no matter the application, there are competencies, core competencies and skills that you gain along the way that can be valuable to executing a product management role, but also build, helps you build an immense amount of empathy when working with a cross-functional team to get the product over the finish line. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. There's there Those core competencies are, are kind of, uh, well, as I say, immutable across, um, you know, immutable across time and, and certainly across industries. And, and so I love that. I love that perspective. So, you know, it's interesting. I mentioned um, as I kind of kicked off the episode that there's a lot of content and uh, a lot of focus on software product management. And, and frankly, I see a lot of folks who reach out to me or who that, you know, are in the community looking to get into product management. And most of those folks, I won't say all of them, but most of those folks are interested in getting into software product management um, or product, you know, product manager roles specifically for tech top type of products. You know, tell us a little bit about why you think someone should consider getting into the durable spaces instead of tech product management. For sure. Well, for, first, I, I think it's important to acknowledge that tech as a space is incredibly vast. And so correct. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, the statement I often hear is how do I break into tech? And I'm like, what kind of tech? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's fintech, there's medtech, there's right. There's all sorts of tech, but I think, um, my point of view is we as humans exist in a physical 3d body that exists in a 3d world. And for the most part, the things that we interact with every single day have some physical element to them, if not are an actual physical product. Um, even most of the software that, that is created by way of tech companies often exist on a, on some sort of physical embodiment of, uh, to deliver that software. Right. And so, um, I think the, the short answer is we as humans live in a physical world. And so there is, there is literally all sorts of manufacturing industries where physical product is created every single day that needs, uh, product managers. And sometimes the title isn't always as official as product manager, uh, but in other instances it is. And so there's so much opportunity for that. I think the other thing that often, I think sometimes people don't necessarily realize is the intersection of the two continues to drive our world forward. If you if you really think about it, take a take a step back. The computer you're using, the phone you're using, whatever you're using that has software on it has a physical element to it, and and in many cases, vice versa. The car you drive, or um, or, or that sort of thing, the technology is often woven into every element, with the exception of maybe. Um, I was actually thinking about this the other day, maybe maybe furniture or something like that. But I, I think there's even in that space, there's there's emerging technologies all the time. Um, and so I think the application is is totally vast, but the competencies are relevant no matter the application. And so thinking about it in that way, hopefully should provide perspective, but also create longevity for anyone's career long term. Yeah, I, I just absolutely love that perspective and could not agree more. I think I think if folks trying to get into product um, and get into tech, as you say, um, which is, is so funny that you say that because it is so true, um, you, you really have to nail down where you want to go. But, um, you know, if they if they open their mind a little bit more, they would realize that 
like you said, the, the world around us is full of products and physical products. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those many of those physical products have some digital components. So I think there's just such a vast opportunity for product management to, to become more of the norm in all kinds of companies. Right. And so again, Definitely. yeah. And so while, while certainly the, the, the FANG companies and the, the, you know, digital software companies of the world get a lot of um, visibility in the product world. Um, it's, it's the physical products that, that really, um, you know, make the world go round, if you will. Um, and, and I think, you know, no, no real history buff, but I think P&G and kind of uh, consumables was really the first uh, product management um uh, concept, totally. you know, way back in, back in the day. And so the truth is a lot of the kind of concepts and, and methodologies, if you will, that are now employed and, and really thought of as software product development uh, tools, um, design thinking and, and mock-ups yep. and all of those things. I started with, with real products, with physical products. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think there's so much to learn from, from each other. And I, I personally have been on a little bit of a mission to kind of get, get the word out that, you know, all the products around us um, or all the, the things around us are, are, are really critical to making this world better. So I love uh, I love this conversation and I love you being yeah. here. So this is awesome. Okay. Sure. So <laughs> let, yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm like preaching to the choir here, but I'm getting, I'm getting all excited. So um, the, <laughs> let, let's, let's piggyback on this conversation and talk a little bit about what we can learn from each other. So what, what do you think, um, you know, some, some more things that the tech space can learn from, from those uh, who make physical products and then maybe vice versa? Yeah. So um, I think one of the probably more obvious elements that, you know, something that the tech world I think does really, really well that manufacturing industries or, you know, physical pro- product industries struggle with is speed. Um, and so tech often by definition uh, is is moving with speed, being agile. That's a word that gets thrown around a, lo- a lot in the tech space. And um, the the bias for speed, the bias for innovation um, I think those are all frameworks and ideologies that many manufacturing organizations are doing. They want to adopt, uh, they want to embed as, as their culture, um, but it's a mindset shift. You know, you're talking about many of these industries, it takes years to get a product from uh, idea or, or problem to solve to, to actual launch and market versus the tech spaces, days, weeks, months, right? I mean, the scale is just so different. And so I think in the physical world, we we continue to look to tech, if you will, to inspire us to be, to have more of a bias for speed. I think on the flip side, though, there's a lot of rigor and discipline and <laughs> structure um, that often comes with manufacturing um, because there is, um, there are elements that you, that you experience in different ways. So so a good example is safety, right? So in the, in, in the physical world, when you think about safety for products, you're literally thinking about the physical harm to a person, an occupant, the person driving the car, the, you know, you don't want the baby to be able to open the, the laundry room, um, the washer, right, or dryer and get in and be able to start a cycle. Those would be bad, bad things for those industries. On the tech side of the world, you know, safety is often in the context of like personal information and data privacy. So they're the same, but totally different. Um, and the the rigor around each of those looks different. But I think there's something about 
the physical space that I think um, there's there's things that can be learned from those spaces that I think can translate into physical or into tech. And I think more than anything, as you see the intersection of products, I mean, there are products in my product line that are connected, um, one of which was got a CES award at the beginning of the year. Um, we, we, as the, as you see the intersection of both in the same package for consumers, uh, that's really where both really have to blend and leveraging the best of both is where great product happens. And so I think oftentimes, um, companies that have a tech first approach sometimes maybe miss on some of the things that a physical durables company might get right on the first try. And there are things that a, a durables good company might miss on the, you know, if they try to deliver tech. And we see that with a lot of examples. Um, when Tesla launched their first car, one of the things no one will, um, very few people are critical about the software behind Tesla and, you know, the interface. It's beautiful. It does a lot of cool things. But when it came to the actual assembly of the vehicle, many people complained about its craftsmanship and its quality and its door gaps. And that was because you had tech people executing on, on manufacturing. And there's there's a whole industry that that is physically located in a completely different part of the country, right? That that does that really well. And then vice versa, you've got you've got um, you know, physical companies trying to create software for the very first time. Like I remember being at Ford and them creating their first digital human machine interface. And, you know, there was a partnership with Microsoft and people didn't love it, right? Um, there are so many examples on both sides where it's like the competencies of each really complement one another really well. And I think the the secret sauce for anybody is seeing that opportunity and stepping right into it. Because there are so many examples like that in our history where in either case, products have launched and maybe they didn't hit the mark because we didn't have all the right competencies to to really bring the best product to market. Um, so that's just, I think, from my perspective, I think the ways in which we can learn from one another. And I think partnerships in general can really be really helpful. I think a lot of companies want to do it all. Um, but I think the smart companies, the one that are going to have sustainable growth long term, know how to strategically partner you know, and get the right people in the room to help facilitate a meaningful conversation on product development and management. Totally agree. And it's really interesting. I've seen, um, and and I don't know if you, you would agree with this or not, but in product folks who have been or started in, I'll say more of a, a, a waterfall type of, uh, and I use that a little bit loose because mm-hmm. it isn't necessarily about the process, but it's about the rigor, as you said, and, and the 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 building of physical products has more rigor there's more business risk and you know that de-risking process is is a little bit more diligent um, in physical goods and i have personally found that product managers who move from that environment to a software environment where things are more iterative and agile and a little bit less rigor um, they actually succeed more than the reverse so so folks who have been um, only in software mm. product management and seen only, you know, an, a quote unquote agile environment and move to a physical world, they struggle a little bit more because it, it, you know, they're not used to the rigor. They're not used to the diligence and they see it as a negative, um, just a flat out negative when they don't realize that there are just different business 
risks and business mo- models, if you will, that that need to be taken into account. Your your um, example of safety is a is a great great example, right? Safety means different things, but in some cases, um, the the tech space, um, it's not that they don't take it seriously, but it's 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 so much more tangible and and real in, mm-hmm. in the physical world. So so it's just very interesting. Now again, I don't know if you've seen that or have that experience, and it's, I'm certainly not generalizing against everyone, but but I have seen it that you know agile product managers, if you will, moving to the to the physical world have a little bit more of a learning curve and a and a a, a gap there uh, than than re- the reverse. But I couldn't agree more in that we have to start to learn together. And back to your point about so many things being connected products and, you know, so many physical products having digital components, um, we're going to have to do that, right? We're going to have to, as a product community, start to learn to, to how to make those things work. Love the idea of uh, partnerships or whatever it's going to take to allow each person or each entity to focus on, on their strengths. I think that's a really important point that you made there. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. It's interesting because I think for the tech first product managers that I've had the opportunity to connect with, I think many of them I perceive are not, don't even realize that there is a whole other world out there. And as they start to get into it and, and you know, even, even where I work, there are roles that are, you know, you know, product managers for connectivity, product managers for our smart home, that sort of thing. And then there are product managers for the physical stuff. Um, I, I think that there's a, I didn't know I could be there, my mindset mm-hmm. or mentality. Um, and so I've been trying to push the needle on reframing if for what it, for what it's worth, if we as product managers, no matter what application you're in, if you thought about yourself as the product, Right. The, and the problem to solve, you you would open the the floodgates would open for opportunity for you if you thought about it in that way, yeah. and if you looked at yourself relative to the competition and you benchmarked right and you and you did the things you would understand that your competencies are applicable multiple places but you have to look at it like that and so part of this is a reframing exercise for many, um, and most product managers have those tools for the products that they manage, right? I mean, those are core competencies of being a product manager. Look at your career that way. And the opportunities start to become far more vast and available to you. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And one of the things that that I am hoping for is that we as employees and, and, and individuals managing our career will realize that we are the product, like you said. I, I haven't looked at it that way, but I love that. But also that all of these different experiences can add up to a better product totally. to to us being a better yeah, yeah being a better product that. manager so you know if we you know there's kind of this um you know philosophy now that you know you don't you don't have to stay at a place for 5 10 20 years to to be successful you uh, you move around companies and you not only learn yourself uh, but you bring different perspectives to companies and i think that's good for both employees and employers and i'm i'm really loving this this kind of new focus on this i don't even know that it's a new trend but this you know new focus on folks staying in a company long enough that they add the value and they get what they need out of it from their perspective and then they move on and again i just think that's good for most folks um, most most parties 
And I love that idea of thinking of ourselves as a product because that fits well, right? Totally. It's, it's okay. I've improved the product. Now let me move on and go to durable goods and learn about that. And then let me come back to tech. I th- I'm hoping that, that some product folks um, see that as a, as a valid career journey. Um, and you know, maybe you and I can start that trend yeah. and we'll, <laughs> we'll be, the, we'll be the, uh, the cheerleaders. Totally. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, the long-term vision for my own career is to, is to be the chief product officer at, you know, a company. I don't know that I've identified exactly which one I have a short list, but, um, but you know, that's the, that's the aspirational role I see for myself. And, and when I think about imagining that world, right. Um, leveraging foresight to anticipate what are the skills, the competencies, the experiences that'll be relevant to take on that role and, and the things that I need to do along the way to get there. Um, it's very possible. I might have a stint in, in tech somewhere along the way. And I certainly will continue to do what I can in the, in the, companies that I'm part of on the durable side to get those connected related experiences. I've been I've been working on connected products since 2016 in my career. Um so the more more than half of my career so far and um you know, I learned what an utterance was and how to, you know, <laughs> work with uh, Google and Amazon, right? To to have a a voice activated product. Um so those skills will carry me for sure. So I think it's, you know, as we, if, if we were to do the journey map of our own career, right, um, thinking about what are the experiences along the way that for whatever role, even if it's just in the next three years, right, um, I think it could help so much for many of us create a North Star for ourselves and really help not, I mean, there's nothing wrong with falling in love with the role of the product, but I think it helps create um, some synergy. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, really good advice. And, and frankly, I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever you'll be in the CPO role at some point. So excited to see that. So my final question for you um, is share with us some of the go-to resources that you've used um, and that you found valuable as you've been on your product journey. Yeah, you know, this is somewhat of a tough question to answer in part because I, I think I've been lucky in that I've worked for some companies that have I've been able to have access to their own proprietary frameworks and tools that's kind of helped me along the way. But I think in addition to that, going to get my master's and and there was a ton, you know, available there, but there's a couple of um, books or, or frameworks that I like to to rely on um, when it when it comes to just kind of day-to-day product management. Um, the the two books, 10 Types of Innovation and 10 Faces of Innovation, are both, I think, really great. Um I think, you know, oftentimes innovation or breakthrough innovation or transformational innovation, right? The three, all the different ways we talk about innovation, um, we get really caught up sometimes and we, and we miss the, the process innovation, the business model innovation. There's, there's so many other things along the way that help us get to the breakthrough. Um, and then also the, the 10 faces, I, I think really helps frame up the different types of people you work with along the way to deliver innovation from a product management perspective. Um, not everybody comes with the same skill set and not everybody's come to work with the same passion. And so we have to really be able to, I think the key to product management is being able to tap into what makes the people you're working with tick in a way that creates value. Um, and so I think the 10 phases of innovation helps kind of at least um, identify different archetypes and kind of think about that in the context of the team you're working with to execute great product. 
And then the other one is one-on-one design methods. I mean, you know, design thinking, of course, is a great framework when it comes to product management and, and kind of all things agile and continuing to figure out ways to leverage design thinking methodologies and weave them into your product management process. It, it certainly looks different by organization, but I think that that's one great one um, to kind of have in the back pocket. And for what it's worth, like, you know, I'm one of those, as you've already mentioned, that's kind of jumped multiple, multiple industries, you know, every few years, you know, take the best of what you're learning in the companies or the roles that you're in and find a way to adopt them or translate them in the next opportunity. Those are massive tools that can provide um, so much uh, longevity for your career in product management as well. Yes, absolutely agree with that. I And I love 10 Types of Innovation. I haven't read 10 Faces of Innovation yet, so I'm excited. I'm going to go check that one out. So those resources that Amber just mentioned, 10 Types of Innovation, 10 Faces of Innovation, 101 Design Methods, they will all be linked on the episode on productvoices.com. Um, this has been an amazing conversation. Amber Hall, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom on this topic. My pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you all for joining us on Product Voices. Hope to see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Product Voices, hosted by J.J. Rory. To find more information on our guests, resources discussed during the episode, or to submit a question for our Q&A episodes, visit the show's website, productvoices.com, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. 